This is Ouija Boards and Midnight Marks, where a spirit board conversation sparked our spiritual evolution. I'm Shale. And I'm Cheyenne. And each week, we explore a world where there is much more than meets the eye. So pour yourself a drink and join us as we cheers to a witch in good time. What are you drinking tonight, Cheyenne? Well, the appropriate question is actually, what did I drink tonight? <laughs> what we drank. <laughs> what we drank prior to recording while we were doing research for this episode. Um, we had a couple of different wine options tonight. We had a sparkling Moscato from Italy that we started with, ending with a half-finished bottle of lavender wine. I'm pretty sure we finished it. Well, it was half-finished when we started it. It's definitely gone tomato, now. Tomato, tomato. We, we figured <laughs> it out. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Okay. So, welcome to this bonus special spooky episode. We surprised y'all. You didn't even see it coming. Two episodes on our first launch. You guys are lucky. So, why are we doing this? Why are we doing a bonus mini episode for everyone? Well, for those who don't know, it's actually Witch's New Year. Yes. Happy Samhain, everybody. What is Witch's New Year? Witch's New Year is the time in which we come out of the abundance of the harvest season and start moving into the darkness of winter. Um, So for a lot of cultures around the world, this is kind of the period in which we start seeing a moment of transformation as we move from light into dark. Yes. And the veil is also said to be thinnest at this day. Of the year, which is exciting. Yes. So for those of us with Celtic backgrounds, this is the time of the year where we believe that folks are able to pass through much more easily from the other side, as it is called, or the other side of the veil into our world. And so that could be anything from spirits to fairies to ethereal type energies and sometimes a more spooky energy here and there that also has the ability to cross over. Yes. So if you're looking to connect with somebody who is no longer around, now is a great time to do so. So Samhain's also known probably more modernly, I would say, as Halloween comes from All Hallows' Eve. And so a lot of the traditions that we know of for Halloween are actually really associated with the original um, Celtic sacred holiday of Samhain. So, for example, because of the fact that we believe that spirits can cross over more easily at this time, that could also be negative spirits or things that are more frightening to us than maybe (laughs) just grandma or grandpa coming over, (laughs) right? Um, And people wanted to protect their homes and their livelihoods from these more malicious energies. And so one of the traditions that most of us are familiar with is the jack-o'-lantern. However, back in the day, I guess pumpkins weren't as easy to come by. (laughs) And so folks actually use turnips to carve faces, um, scary faces to help scare the spirits. I don't know. I guess spirits are also back then seen as maybe not being as intelligent or able to distinguish what is a root vegetable from another (laughs) fellow fellow spirit but um that's what the turnips were used for is these these faces were carved into them to be kind of scary or malicious looking um and then they were hung in trees or around the home 
to help ward off any kind of negative energies and, and confuse them and make them feel like they couldn't enter that space. And then um, as the years progressed and we see kind of more modern traditions, turnips at some point were swapped out for pumpkins, which thankfully, because I don't know if there's a better smell around the time of Halloween than carving out a pumpkin, but that's just me. I genuinely also, the thought of carving a turnip makes me really anxious. Doesn't it like, seem that's super small. I feel like you would absolutely cut yourself. <laughs> there's a lot that could happen with a tiny turnip compared to a big old jack-o'-lantern. Or just picturing kids trying to do that. Like, <laughs> no, thank you. So terrible. Uh, yes. And so another modern tradition of what we, you know, we, what we call Halloween now, um, but was taken from that Celtic tradition of Samhain is also dressing up to confuse those spirits. So you would have dressed up in the costumes of ghosts or spirits or things that would, that would prevent them from knowing that you were a human. So you'd be nothing to bother with, none of that. Um, so there were no, you know, Spider-Man costumes happening in, you know, ancient I wonder what a medieval Spider-Man would look like. A medieval Spider-Man. That would be awesome. I'd be excited to be a medieval Spider-Man, I think. I feel like we should make a, a costume contest of send, send us your photos of your best medieval Spider-Man. Yeah. Or send us your costume photos in general. I'm so curious to see how people, especially people who aren't celebrating this as more of a ritualistic spiritual holiday, are celebrating Halloween this year with with COVID, with everything that's happening, what are you doing? Are you dressing up at home with your roommates, with your partner? Are you, you know, doing social distance trick-or-treating? I've seen some people, um, there was a guy over on the East Coast I know who was installing PVC pipes on everybody in his neighborhoods, their railings on their stairs so they could slide candy down the little hole. Oh my gosh, it's like a shoot. <laughs> so it's like a shoots and ladders of candy. <laughs> so you legit. don't have to get within six feet of people. So I'm curious, how are you guys celebrating this year? Let you us use, know on Instagram. Do you use a potato launcher? That would be like funny. They, or like a like marshmallow a gun? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh, you know, Halloween might actually be a lot more interesting this year. You would think that COVID would put a damper on it, but it might get kind of fun. And we've been seeing all of these... Halloween is canceled. Halloween is never canceled. Halloween is never canceled. Halloween is the time to be creative, if anything else. So if anybody can figure out how to make Halloween happen, it's definitely all of us. Yes. That is your philosophy for today. <laughs> yes. Your perwitching slip is to have your own damn Halloween and do it safely. And also let us know how you're doing it because we want to know. Also, here at Ouija Boards and Midnight Marks, Halloween never ends. So if you need your year-round fix, we got you. Yes, Halloween is forever. And this is just the beginning. This is a nice little treat. We're going to be doing these bonus episodes that are about holidays specific to, you know, pagan or Celtic or Nordic traditions. Um specific to us and our particular practices. We're going to be diving a little bit deeper on our Patreon. So this is just a taste of what is to come behind that paywall that you can find as well. So if you want to get deeper, if you want to grow this community with us, join us there. The info is all in the show notes. We would love to have you. It's, it's quite the coven over there. Yes. But for now, we are offering you this trick not a trick, sorry. We are offering you this treat with no tricks as a bonus for you to talk about traditions 
and practices and how we personally like to celebrate this holiday as well. Are there any other Halloween fun facts we should share? Any Samhain fun facts? Yeah, I think you looked up how uh, trick-or-treating came to be. Yeah, so trick-or-treating came to the United States in the early 19th century. And it was, it kind of has a sadder, darker <laughs> beginning where children were begging for food, essentially. And then you, they would pray for your loved ones that had passed on. And so that was the, that was the mutual exchange. You were feeding these children in exchange for the prayers and protection. Um, and that kind of grew. And the, the treats that were given were called soul cakes and they were, you know, spiced with nutmeg and cinnamon and all of those warm, cozy fall spices that we still love and use all the time. Um, yeah. Trigger treating really became a thing in the 19th century after the sugar tax was lifted after the Great Depression. Candy manufacturers really grabbed hold of this marketing opportunity and kind of just ran with it. Um, candy is obviously still the thing that is the most popular gift to give to children when they're trick or treating. I'm sure we've all gotten a toothbrush a time or two. I know, freaking dentist. <laughs> it's like you always are going around house to house and then you always run into the dentist and they just have to shame you with their toothbrush. There's always a toothbrush. Somebody, I'm like, you always tend to get like homemade popcorn balls from somebody. Right. And and there's always that you you find yourself questioning the grandmother that gave it to you. Like, are you going to be the one victim <laughs> of the popcorn ball fiasco? If or Hansel and Gretel taught us anything, <laughs> it's that you cannot trust an old woman who offers you snacks. You yeah, just can't. You, just, you never know. And you know what? I always gave in because popcorn balls are the shit. So, but you know what, y'all, I'm still standing. So we have that going for us. Isn't it so funny how like that whole, like people are hiding razor blades in your candy thing was, it was so like pounded into us. As I was terrified oh, to sure. eat my Halloween candy until my mother went through it. Like absolutely bad shit terrified. Right. Well, and you know where that story, well, I don't know about the razor blades for sure, but the, the story of where the fear of poisoning in your candy ever came from. No, tell us. So um, it's obviously the candy man story. Um, so it's, it's <laughs> yes. an urban legend. Um and I, I don't think I've ever actually looked up to see if it's true or not. Supposedly it is, but I mean, that's every urban legend, right? <laughs> right. Um, but what happened is a child uh, was trick-or-treating with his father after work. And um, when he came home that night, he, he took a pixie stick. And when he consumed the pixie stick, he just started vomiting profusely and ended up passing away that night. And they came to find out that the pixie stick was laced with arsenic. Oh my gosh, scary. I know. Well, what's even worse is they came to find out that the father had just taken out a extended life insurance policy on his children. And so the whole backstory is that uh, the father said, oh, my kids went down to this house at the end of the block where there was no windows and no lights on. And it was a super sketchy, shady textbook haunted house right, right where some weirdo lived and gave out arsenic laced pixie sticks I guess um but long story short I mean we, we could probably even do a follow-up episode on this if y'all are interested but long story short um it was the father obviously who had injected the pixie sticks with arsenic to try and get money out of the kid's life insurance policy so 
not dad of the year by any means, but that's kind of where that whole thing started. And who knows if it's a true story, but I guess it's not so much your neighbors you have to worry about in that situation. So I genuinely cannot tell you the last time I had a pixie stick, but I can probably tell you that I will never have a pixie stick again. Yeah. Yeah. Can't trust those pixie sticks. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So as far as modern Halloween and trick-or-treating goes, too, um, over 160 million Americans participate in Halloween trick-or-treating every year. And trick-or-treating, as we know it as Americans, is definitely an American phenomenon. Other cultures, other countries do not go as ham on our modern Halloween traditions as we do. You know, I've heard that from other, and I mean, I studied abroad in South America and places like that and been to Europe, but the hype around Halloween for it not being a traditionally like North American holiday. North American holiday, yeah, is is just crazy astounding how prominent it is here in our country. And I'm really grateful because I freaking love Halloween. Halloween is so fun. But I do hear like you see on Instagram and forums and the interwebs that Folks are really jealous of just how hard Americans go for Halloween. And I'm, I'm grateful for that here because I think it's really fun and awesome that we do that. Well, and a lot of that can definitely be attributed to, I mean, capitalism, truly. That and the candy the companies <laughs> literally being like, oh, okay, here's an opportunity to sell a boatload of our stuff. And like, we just have to market it well and everybody's going to eat it up. Yeah, And it worked. It worked. We love candy. We love Halloween. And as much as I hate capitalism, I also am very much a victim to the day after sale of Halloween. Oh, candy gosh, that yes. Goes on discount. Capitalism for candy is capitalism I can get behind. Yeah. Yeah. Sponsor us, candy people. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this was a fun fact. We looked this up today and $3.2 billion were spent last year on Halloween costumes alone. That's just costumes, not decorations, not candy, not your parties, not your food, literally just costumes. How many of those costumes do you think were medieval Spider-Man? At least five, probably. Probably. That's a good <laughs> a, a solid handful of people <laughs> did like a cosplay steampunk Spider-Man. That's hot. I could get behind that. I'm into it. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> speaking of Spider-Man, That's a weird segue. (laughs) Um, But the most popular costumes, um, a lot of them tend to be drawn toward um, from pop culture, but most of them still are those traditional Samhain, Celtic, fool the spirit costumes of witches and ghouls and, you know, zombies and the undead vampires. All of those costumes still reign supreme, um, followed very closely by superheroes, because that's also another great capitalist marketing strategy. But um, I really appreciate the fact that those costumes are still what most people are drawn to choosing, I even agree. if they don't quite know what where they came from or what they're actually celebrating. I agree. I think that's something that also makes Halloween in America really special is that there is that sense of tradition with it and that there is an acknowledgement, even if not everybody's aware of where that comes from. There's this acknowledgement of a connection to the past, right? And a connection to where we've come from. And 
I think it is really cool to see that there's starting to be kind of an awakening of the ancestral tie to this holiday. Yes. So that's funny. That um, brings me to that same thought of, you know, Samhain was kind of co-opted by the Catholic Church in the, you know, during that time too. And and the name was changed. You know, everybody always refers to like All Hallows Eve right. or All Souls Day or All Saints Day. Those tend to be the words that people are using to refer to the older Halloween traditions when in fact they go much further mm-hmm. into those deeper Celtic pagan traditions of Samhain. Um, and it's just really interesting how far back our knowledge of this goes in pop culture too and what we recognize because Samhain as a holiday, I probably didn't actually know the name of until I started actively practicing witchcraft and, you know, diving into this spiritual practice deeper, you know, from my late teens to mid and late twenties. But that like all Hallows Eve was something I would refer to it as because it felt like sexier and more romantic and like it had that edgier, cooler vibe. And you still like, we're missing such a huge chunk of that history. So how do you how do you celebrate Samhain now in your practice? With you usually. <laughs> um so it kind of changes. This year will be a little interesting. I honestly it's next week. <laughs> um so wild at the time of us recording this, it will be Samhain when you're listening to this. So hopefully you're doing something spooky and fun. Um I actually have a girlfriend coming in from out of town. Uh she typically comes and visits this time of the year because her sister lives here in Fort Collins and that's Um, It's her birthday uh, around this time. So she's actually going to be here. And I haven't spent a Halloween with her since we were in college. So that will be fun. I genuinely think this year it's going to be a little simpler um, than most of the years before because of things like COVID. (laughs) Um, You know, we'll probably go do, you know, a cemetery walk and we'll watch spooky movies. And I always personally like to really, I like the idea and the tradition of this being a new year and a turning over a new leaf. This is the time of year that it does feel like new year to me. January feels like a weird time to make resolutions. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like after the harvest is a very obvious time to start cultivating new life, to plant new seeds, to figure out kind of where you want to grow in the next year. To so turn inward with yourself. Yeah, yeah. So I like to do, you know, I like to do a lot of meditation and journaling. I usually pull tarot cards for myself and do a spread for the next, you know, year, kind of a broad, what energies am I working with? What can I expect kind of spread? Um, and I like to just, I do a lot of journaling, honestly. And reflecting on my last year. Um, I always build a little separate altar space for the ancestors that I like to honor and work with. Um, You know, it's a good time to freshen up your altar, especially in COVID times and with things just being abnormal and off kilter. Uh, My altar's definitely gotten dusty this year and it needs a good a good refresh, fresh water, fresh flowers, fresh offerings, all of the things. So that's kind of what's on my plate this year. What about you? So for me, especially in the last few years, I've really leaned into the thinning of the veil concept. Yeah. And the fact that this is really an opportune time to connect with those energies um, from the other side and really to explore that. And uh, last year was actually a very profound experience um, for me, for, for Samhain. And 
I have this group. Um, I, I lovingly call them my grandma coven <laughs> that um, uh, work here locally. And, and they, they all identify as Wiccan. I don't identify personally as Wiccan, but they are so inviting and so warm and welcoming. And I just feel so honored to be a part of their group. And, and they invited me to participate in a Samhain ritual. And we all um, actually kind of embodied the soul cake concept that you were talking about. Yeah. And, and um, they ate cake and I actually ate apples because <laughs> vegan. <laughs> um, but it was it was a really amazing experience where they actually set up a veil to utilize that metaphor. And on the other side of that veil, when you pass through it was images of all of our um, past loved ones. Cool. And it was really cool because we could pass through the veil and just sit in communion with them and just really enjoy the time. And you could feel, I've never felt the presence so strongly of our past loved ones as I did at that time. And to just really take that time to just sit there and acknowledge their presence and acknowledge the impact that they had on our life was really powerful and impactful. And, and so that's something I just want to continue to do throughout time is to just really be present, think about what came before us and, and really acknowledge and honor that. Yeah. I love that. And, um, and I, I guess, I guess that's where I am leaning most heavily. I mean, I, I love Halloween. I love everything spooky. So I do participate very much. So in the traditional, <laughs> you know, watch spooky movies. And I freaking live for haunted houses. That is my absolute guilty pleasure. Uh, my husband, bless him. He hates, like, he doesn't understand paying somebody to scare you. <laughs> I mean, fair, but I love it. And he has an agreement with me that we have to at least attend one haunted house per year. <laughs> so we fulfill that, which is great. Um, and unfortunately, I think in this COVID time, I don't think that's something we'll be able to participate in this year, but we'll do the best we can. Um, but another thing that I notice really happens that uh, I really try to pay attention to during this time of year, uh, like you mentioned with your journaling, is to just try to be more aware of how the energies impact us this mm -hmm. time of year. And so I notice that I get visitations a lot more in my dreams. Yeah. Right now, like I, I feel like my grandparents come through so much more and I feel like this is a really good time to just really reflect on the guidance that they're trying to provide. Continuing with that new new year concept. Yeah. What are those messages that they want us to really know and take with us throughout the next year or the next few years, to be frank? Um, because this is the time where it's really easy for them to come through and do those things for us. And we should really honor that and acknowledge that and take the time to be present with it. and really absorb what we can this time of year. Yeah, absolutely. I really like to do, you and I have a tradition too, where we've been doing cemetery walks yes. on Samhain together. And that's been a really beautiful practice too, just to kind of connect to the, um, the concept that like this existence on this spiritual plane is not how we're always going to be here. And it's mm -hmm. nice to be able to contemplate kind of your own mortality in that sense too. Um, but from a very like peaceful acceptance kind of level of, of just acknowledging who's come before you, who's still able to, you know, come back and, and give you those messages. And yeah, I just, I really appreciate spending time with not only, you know, loved ones of ourselves that have passed, but loved ones of other people. I like, Absolutely. I like going, you know, going to the cemetery and honoring those people. I like to leave little 
um, you know, little trinkets or we've left, you know, special little rocks or crystals on specific gravestones that kind of just spoke to us. Um, kind of just following our intuition in those kind of moments is really important too. Um, but I, I definitely like to have a significant amount of ritual um, kind of planned out and and prepared for that day as well. Yeah. And we've had a lot of conversations too about how we feel more spiritually connected this time of year. And I think there's something to that. And what I really like about the transition phase from fall into winter is that you do start getting those darker days. You can't be out and about as much anymore. It's less distraction. Exactly. And so it's a really, it's a really good time to embrace that darkness that comes and really think of it as a time to come look further in yourself. What are those things that you're holding onto that no longer serve you? What can you release? And it's time to rest. This has been a (laughs) unbelievable year with (laughs) with COVID and the fires we're experiencing in Colorado and it's been exhausting. And, and I really think this year, probably more than many years before this is a more important time to really take the opportunity to rest and acknowledge what we need to let go of before we move into the next phase of our lives. So I think that brings us to a really natural perwitching slip to end this special episode with, which is to honor that need to rest, honor your desire to recharge, to reconnect, to dive a little bit deeper into your own shadow side and, you know, figure out what, what worked for you this year, what didn't. Um, I think there's a lot of, there's just a lot of insight and wisdom that can be garnered from sitting back and taking away your distractions and really paying attention to how this year, um, these years, however, <laughs> um, have been affecting you and, and really putting forth some solid intention for yourself personally too, moving forward. Um, which I think is, is really a beautiful part of this season. It's really easy to be afraid of things like shadow work and diving into those things that are darker and heavier and, you know, those traumas that you're trying to release, but it's so important and so, so powerful when you, acknowledge things. It's like when you give fear, when you acknowledge your fear, it has so much less power. When you acknowledge your shadow, it's the same thing, you know, where you're just, you're showing up for yourself in all of the ways. And I think that's some of the most important self-care that we can do. Right. You can't have the light without the dark and it's time to shed those leaves, y'all. Yeah. Let them go. (laughs) Shake it off. (laughs) Cheers to that. Yeah. Stay safe this holiday, everybody. Let us know how you're celebrating. Send us pictures of your costumes. It's so stressful to not be able to see people wandering around in downtown Denver (laughs) in crazy costumes, just having the best time. I'm definitely going to miss those kind of social interactions this year too. So let's keep it going. Let us know what you're doing. Pop into our DMs. Send us your costume pictures. And let us know what you do for a ritual if that's in your practice. We're super curious how how other fellow witches yes. celebrate. So, yes. Well, blessed Samhain to everybody. Stay safe. And, yeah, have a great time. We can't wait to see what else comes. Thanks for sharing this special bonus new episode with us. This is the start of something really great. We're all happy you're here. Thanks for building this community with us and uh, we'll see you on the other side. Yes. 
Thank you for joining us on this episode of Ouija Boards and Midnight Marks. If you're having a witching good time, we hope you'll help us to grow this little coven. You all know it's us against AI in this algorithm eat algorithm world, so please help us out. Please like, rate, and subscribe anywhere you're listening to us. Also, we want to connect with our spooky, Marg-loving friends out there, so please like and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Links for those profiles will be in the show notes. And hey, be sure to tell us what you're drinking tonight. We love you all so much, witches. Cheers. Cheers.